All right, welcome to Jet Center, folks, the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about Jets, sports, and etc. I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines. I was just reading there, Mike, what I had written out there. Oh, it's like it's poorly written. I need to fix that. Anyways, are you reading the email I sent you? No, I'm oh. reading my script. What gotcha. I wrote here. I need an editor. I need a, the editor <laughs> needs an editor here. Okay. Anyways, I'm sports editor Steve Lines. Allegedly, um, yeah. Most of you folks probably know that if you've tuned into this. And I'm joined as usual by sports columnist Mike McIntyre. You know him too, um, unless this is the first time you've tuned well, in. And welcome, if it is, folks. Well, welcome. What took you so long? <laughs> it's episode sixty-two. Yeah, we've Where been here like been? been here for a long time. <laughs> we've been here an entire pandemic. <laughs> we have. <laughs> Did we start this before the pandemic? Oh, we started it months before because we used to do this only every second week. So right. our numbers not that far ahead of the pandemic. No, that's true. I think we started in about December of the previous year 14 years, 14 ago. years ago yeah as we like to say around here <laughs> all right so today in episode 62 we're going to talk a little bit about the a little bit we'll talk a lot about the jet struggles down the stretch here uh although i guess we're getting to the stretch yeah uh the benching of mark shifley and the hook being given to connor hellebuck uh mike 25 years ago today jets 1.0 played their final game and we thought it was the final nhl game we'd ever seen no spoilers some folks. Probably, I have it on PVR. Don't tell me probably, how it ended. Some folks probably wish it was the final NHL game they'd seen. <laughs> oh, Zing! Yes. Oh my God! Are people breaking the ankles, getting off the bandwagon yeah, this week, Mike? A lot of jumping. We'll talk about that in the first period. Uh, we'll talk about a little baseball and some Jabba Jabba. <laughs> <laughs> Not Star Wars or the as in what the was hut. that guy's name? Jabba, Jabba the Hut. Jabba the Hut. Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. Uh, all right, Mike. The angst levels in Winnipeg oh. are through the roof. And not because of any type of, uh, you know, variant no, <laughs> or anything like that. That's not we helping far us, more concerned about the Jets losing four games than they are about the COVID numbers. <laughs> I was going to say, we've been doing this podcast so long, Steve, that the Jets actually won a game. Uh, the, we were doing the podcast when the Jets were winning hockey games because right, it does yeah. feel like it's been a while. Well, they've lost four straight games. They're playing tonight. This is Wednesday, April the 28th. Uh, the, they'll be playing the Edmonton Oilers tonight. So by the time you hear this, folks, they might have lost five games, or they've broken their they broke their four game losing streak. Um, so yeah, like I think the thing that surprised me most about it is not the fact that they lost four games in a row. Um, that happens. The Toronto Maple Leafs lost five games in a row just before they came here, just before they yeah. came to Winnipeg, and then they won two games here against the Jets. And so uh, I'm not surprised. I'm maybe a little surprised about how they've lost some of the games. Maybe uh, what I'm what I'm most surprised about is the is, is as I mentioned is the bailing <laughs> of the fan of a huge portion seems like of the fan base that it's like they were just waiting for this to happen. It's just like I told you this exactly. was good. I told you they're terrible. I told you. I told you. See, I was right. I was right all along. They're terrible. It tells me like, the belief oh was God. tenuous at best. Was it ever for a lot of Holy. folks? Um, Are they right? Well, you know, it's interesting to hear. No, uh, they're not right. I mean, no, on. but Paul Stasny, I thought, said something kind of interesting the other day in that he. He suggested, Steve, that even when the Jets were winning, uh, and they were doing a lot more winning than losing until recently, that he thought that they were starting to cheat, uh, that that they were getting away with things and, and almost winning at times in spite of themselves, which we've talked about that before. Sure. That's not a news revelation. That's the Winnipeg way, right? They 
they win a lot of hockey games, not just this year, but in recent years where they get outshot, they get outchanced. Um, so now they're not maybe getting the goaltending that they were getting. They're maybe not getting some of the breaks. They're suddenly got some injuries that they didn't have. Like everything's starting to go in the wrong direction. So I don't know that we should be surprised that their fortunes have turned a little bit, but I don't know that there's much new that we've learned about this team. We know they need really good goaltending and timely scoring and they need to win the special teams battle and they haven't been getting any of that. Yeah, see, that's the thing with this team. I, I, and, but, can, but the weird thing is that continually the focus of their losing whenever they lose is on their defense. Right. I just don't get this. Okay, like, I, now I'm not going to continue to – I'm not going to profess – that the Winnipeg Jets have this great defensive core. Right. They don't. They have a average, what I would term, call serviceable, in my mind, group of defensemen that, for the most part, have been have played kind of the same way all year. Right. Okay? Consistently average. just slightly above average. Yeah. Or average. Okay? So, and I've been, you know, I've been keeping track of this, Mike. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 18 now of the Jets' 21 losses, they have scored two goals or less. Now, they got six scored against them the other night, but they only scored one. You are never going to win in this. You're rarely going to win if you only score one goal. So, And even in the blowout the other night when they lost 6-1, to they had lots of chances early, including a power play, but they didn't score. Um, The reality is, is that this team is built around its talented forwards and a star goalie. If the forwards don't produce, and if he doesn't stand on their head, they lose. This is the result. Period. It's got so, nothing to do with the defense. It doesn't. So let's let's single out one play that I thought was emblematic of the Jets' problems the other night. You could have had Bobby Orr and Nick Lidstrom on the ice for the Jets <laughs> as a pairing. Right. When Kyle Connor <laughs> gave the puck to Connor McDavid, and Connor McDavid had like... Right you know, a month to go in on a breakaway. Right. How is that? That's not the defense. That's Tucker Pullman's fault, Mike. Well, and, but that's the way next? a lot of people seem to look at it, <laughs> right? Do. And and Because it's the storyline. Somehow right. it's been a created storyline. Well, it's, it's been a created storyline by the media, frankly. Right. Uh, and, and I just don't get it. Or when the go a game back, when Mark Shifley dogs it on a line change yeah. and Pierre-Luc Dubois can't get on the ice until too late and John Tavares is wide open who would have been Dubois guy or Shifley's guy and scores a huge goal to make it 3-1 like that's not on the defense how many Connor McDavid alone I think had three breakaways the other night Toronto in the first game against the Leafs the other day I think they had four or five breakaways and again those are all turnovers in the those are turnovers zone. right turnovers in the neutral that's zone not defensemen just forgetting to check guys there's know. reasons those those two on ones three on ones one on o's are happening correct and it has very little to do with the defenseman and almost well, everything no, to do no, with no, the no 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 it's because Tucker Pullman is playing top four <laughs> minutes right. and he shouldn't be playing top four minutes yeah, I, I think the defensemen are as surprised as any of us sometimes at what the forwards are doing and then what it's leading to, right? And so, yeah, like, you whoa, know, what was that? I, again, you could have six Hall of Famers out there at times, and I don't know that it would change a whole lot given the way that a lot of these yeah, forwards no, don't get me tend wrong. I think the defensemen have made mistakes too, and I think they have some limitations to them. They don't score a lot. They don't necessarily drive the 
to play. Uh, they don't carry the puck a lot. Um, um, they, they play a certain style of game, and they, they, they're consistently average at it. And, yeah. But that's just the way the team is built. And so that's the reality. Like, you can gnash your hands or your teeth over that as much as you want, but that's the way that this team has been built, and, and they, will, they will have success when they score. Right. It, but they're not scoring, Mike. No. And so Edmonton when, now— when's the last, Speaking of Paul Stastny, when is the last time he scored? I think he had a deflection goal. A and everybody was crying ago. for Jansen Harkins again. Has he even scored? No, he is not. Okay. He is not. Um, they're, they have and dried up offensively. Yeah. Uh, big time. Not scoring, man. And you look at these last, they've lost uh, five in a row in regulation to Edmonton now. And they've scored six goals total. In those five? In those five. Connor, uh, the, the Oilers scored six halfway through the game pretty much the other night. <laughs> the Jets have six in five games. That's a big problem when it's likely Edmonton, they're going to have to beat them four out of seven. Right. They can't score against Mike Smith and the Oilers, and it's perplexing. He, he, he's been really good. So they, the Jets did come out. They played pretty well in the first period. Oh, Mike did Smith they? was good. He's, 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 a, he's, a, he's, a, he's been a good goalie, 39-year-old guy. He's having, like, some people are saying that he should be the Vesna Trophy. I was watching some of what he was doing the other night. See, I said to someone in the press box, there would not be a goalie coach on the planet who would roll film of Mike Smith to any young goalie right. and say, do that. He he is so old school. There's like some Dominic Hasek to his game. Yeah, for sure, yeah. He's sliding everywhere. He's all over the place. Like there's no real fundamentals, but man, is it effective. At times, you think it's almost lucky, but you got to be good to be lucky, and so he's been so, real good. So what do you think? Like, okay, so the Jets have, what, nine games left? This is like, a big game tonight. And the other thing, so going back to what Stastny said about them cheating, like, it's, is it hard for them not to cheat when you're winning? And it's kind of like, you know, you've already, you're, you're right. at the point they were like 16 Yeah, points you're going through the motions in a way, for really, sure. Like, it's like, what is there to really get super excited about over the next nine games right Mike. well and so in that way maybe i don't want to say this is manufactured urgency or manufactured angst but maybe this isn't the worst thing to snap this team out of just going into cruise control here for the last couple of weeks we'll see if i think tonight's a big game not i mean whether they win or lose they have to play a lot better right this is their last chance to play edmonton before they probably face them in the playoffs if they go if they get like steamrolled again tonight and now they've lost six in a row to Edmonton like their confidence I suspect is going to be really so whether well, they they should just tank it and play the Leafs well and that could happen you know <laughs> if they if they string a few more losses I'd rather get, play the Leafs frankly Montreal they the play Mon team in the division they play yours. Montreal on Friday yeah. Montreal strings suddenly Montreal could pass them the there Jets could finish fourth play Toronto maybe that wouldn't That's be the, the worst ticket. thing <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Setra podcast. Mike, you and Jason Bell had a uh, feature in uh, our paper today and online um, about the, um, I guess, is anniversary the right word? I, okay, let's do commemorating. So. commemorating yeah, it's not a it birthday. 25 years ago today that Jets 1.0 played their final game uh and at you know at that time they were uh, the, the jets were off to arizona to become the phoenix coyotes at the time right 
Um, Two two hundred thousand Winnipeggers claim they were at that yeah. game that night. So I was there. You I was there. there yeah. Yeah. With okay. My dad, Jason Bell, was there too. Yeah. Wow. There was a. There. You were there with that. I, I was, think I was sitting. I want to say I, we were in section one fourteen. Yeah, I have no idea where I was sitting. Somewhere in the rink. I'm not great. I we were by the it. Jets bench. I know that. I, I'm terrible with details like that, um, as I mentioned in my... Uh, were you in the lower bowl today. or the upper bowl? Do you it's remember? In the lower bowl, okay. yeah. Tim Campbell got us a couple of tickets. and um, That upper bowl, by the way, at the Winnipeg Arena, I remember as a kid, that was terrifying. <laughs> that had to be the steepest. I remember sitting up there a few times as a kid. I couldn't even look down because it was so steep. Yeah, I thought steep, you were yeah. going to plummet off the... I used the to go, we used to go to a lot of games there, and I had this buddy, his name is Dale... And um, we used to sit in the upper deck right. all, all the time or whatever. And generally, in, in, you know, towards one of the ends or whatever. And it almost felt like you were, like, <clears throat> over top of the face-off circle yeah. almost, right? Like, you really, it was a, you know, it was a great kind of perspective you had up there. And Dale had this big, booming voice. And he would wait for it all to get super quiet <laughs> right before the puck would drop. And then he would bellow at the top of his lungs, You suck, McLean! Paul McLean! <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he's a, he was a Jets fan? Oh, yeah. He just didn't like Paul McClain. Oh, no. I, 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 Jets fans had a love-hate relationship they with did. Paul McClain, right? I mean, everything <laughs> went in off his ass, right? I mean, he played for the Would with he have been shot. well served at, at, by, by the time the puck dropped? Like, oh, or was for this, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we, we would have been I'm well surprised. Served, yes. How did nobody, like, take a header over that balcony? Like, given the alcohol oh. consumption and the steepness. Yeah, I don't know. Um you know, hard to believe. By, by the way, Kirk Maltby mentioned that very thing to me the other day about the intimacy of that arena and how it felt like the fans. He said he remembers every time they come into Winnipeg Arena, it would feel like the fans were on top of you, he oh, said, yeah. because of the unique angles. And he said it kind of reminded them a little bit of Joe Lewis, where they played. He said it had a similar bit of a smaller rank, but a more intimate feel. Does the so. new rank have that same type of atmosphere? I, well, everybody you know, says there's an intimacy to Bell MTS that you don't get in these cavernous right. rinks. And, and having been to pretty much all of them, I would say there is a smaller feel to it. So like I don't, I don't, I've, I've only sat down in the stands at Bell MTS for two Jets games, I guess. It's an interesting perspective being down there I, and not as a fan. Right. You know I mean, it's like it's a it's a little different. I feel like everybody's yelling at me. There are all the people <laughs> that phone and yell at us, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hecklers right. are down in there, Mike. Yeah. You suck, lions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're all sitting down in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to be recognized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get that feeling. You know For what sure. I'm about, Mike. Yeah. So, stick yeah. Back to gardening. So back to the <laughs> stick with gardening. <laughs> Go take a bike ride. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, the thing that I remember, and Chris King put it really, really nicely in that story, um, you know, it, it, it was like attending a funeral. Yeah. And it, was, and it was like that afterwards. I didn't know how I was going to feel um, at that time. I had been in the business for about six or seven years. Well, I guess eight or nine years or whatever, mostly as a football writer. So I never really covered the Jets, um, but had been a huge Jets fan prior to, prior to getting into, right. the, into the business and then, had to learn to become objective, right? You know, <laughs> but yeah, tons of memories. You know, like you're sitting there, just like, oh my god, like, boy, did the leading. Jets ever toy with the emotions of their fans in those few days, right? Because they lose Game Four right. at home, and so now they're down three-one in the series, and they're going back to Detroit. And Detroit's the powerhouse, right. the favorite. So I think everybody thought Game Four was it, right? Like they had that they had said goodbye, and then the Jets go do kind of the unthinkable, which is 
get a victory in Motown to now bring it back to Winnipeg for one more game. And at that point, again, you don't know, well, maybe the Jets could ride that momentum. Maybe they win game six. Maybe they go steal a game seven and then we get a bonus. But of course, they they didn't come out flying that night. They were down three nothing uh, before the first period was uh, was over. The Russians kind of ran wild. Man, those five Russians were something else, weren't they? Mulpey said to me the other day that, you know, he was more of a role player, Kirk Maltby. Like, what a what an interesting mix they had on that team of, like, the physical sort of checkers. And then you had these elite skilled guys who were employing a style that really hadn't been seen before in the NHL. Like he said, they brought a whole new level of hockey. And he said about, we'd be amazed. We watched him do these regroups where they'd go back into their own end and just kind of get set. And he'd go, they'd regroup, they'd regroup. Next thing you know, they have a breakaway. Kind of like Connor McDavid today yeah, right? these yeah. days. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's so long ago that it may, you know, I don't recall a lot about it, the day or whatever, that kind of thing. But as I think back, you know, about all the memories of having watched Jets games, um, you know, Jets, uh, most of my great memories of watching the Jets go back to the WHA days, I mean, you know, because they, you know, they won championships right. and there was Ulfenanders and all of that was yeah. just, you know, just as a kid, you know, I was, it was, those were my teenage years. I mean, I was, I was 12 in 1972 when they came along and, and then, you know, in my 20s, I, I don't know that I had the same sort of relationship with Jets 1.0 that I had with, with, with the WHA Jets, but um, you know, certainly there was the years and maybe it got me thinking about it this week where the Jets were playing Connor McDavid and the Oilers and losing to the Oilers. And, <laughs> and, and so now the Jets have this elite center, Mark Shifley and, and then, the, but the, but the Oilers have an elite center in Connor McDavid and, and the comparisons are, uh, it, there's no, there's no comparison really. He's, okay. He's Connor McDavid is a hall of fame player will probably go down in history as one of the great players of all time, just like Wayne Gretzky did. Is Mark Shifley as good as Dale Howarchuk? That, that's the thing I was thinking. Um, a lot of parallels, too, between yeah, Shifley and Howarchuk was his coach. Yeah, yeah all of Both that. Both from Ontario. What do you and think? So he, let me ask you, that, that I got to thinking about this or whatever as, as it relates to the Jets. Do the Jets currently have a player on their roster that you could see being in the Hall of Fame someday? No. What about Connor Hellebuck? Yeah, he he was the one that came to mind potentially. Like if he ends up establishing all kinds of new records for American goalies, right? Like you know, if he's up there yeah. with the Richters and the Van Beesbrooks, if you want a few more of Vesna trophies for sure. Like that, yeah. Does he have to win a Stanley Cup? I don't think no, 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 no. no I think if you as a goalie, if you won two or three Vesnas, right, you'd have, you'd have a pretty good chance at getting yeah into the for Hall of sure. Fame, yeah, and if you had a long career, do you know what I mean? <clears throat> right. You know, it's interesting. Edmonton, to me, you're right. McDavid, Shifley, there's no comparison. McDavid's a future Hall of Famer, maybe. Do you have to have a Hall of Famer to win a Stanley Cup? No. No? I don't believe so. It's close. It's not basketball. No. I mean, basketball, you do. You need to have. Yeah. Um, but what Edmonton has, they have Leon Dreisaitl as well, who's kind of like their Mark Messier, right? Right. Like, they have their Gretzky and McDavid, but they also have their Messier. Uh, who I th that's a lot of people compare Drysaddle yep. that power forward yep. game, um, and so they're a, at least a two headed monster. I don't know if the current Oilers have a Curry or a Coffee or you know Darnell Nurse is a great defenseman, but he's not Paul Coffee. But uh, 
Mike Smith does channel a little bit of Grant Fuhrer sometimes. A little bit of Grant Fuhrer in him, yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. flopping around But Grant Fuhrer is a Hall of Fame goalie, too. I don't know that. So, yeah, they had some Hall of Fame players. Right. And the Jets 1.0 had one, two, three guys that ended up in the Hall of Fame play for them, right? Howard Chuck, Housley, and Solani? Yep. I think that's it. But I don't think... Uh, I don't think they have anybody now. Maybe though. So here's here's here's. I'm just throwing this out. I'm throwing this out. Is Pierre Luc Dubois have that potential? Well, Pierre Luc Dubois, who's almost six full years younger than Mark Scheifele, which right. I think we all forget sometimes. Yep. A lot of people want to just completely compare the two of them, like as if they're the same player right now, and yeah, they're not. not. No. Um, in fact, if we try and remember where Mark Scheifele was six years ago, he was barely getting his feet wet in this league. So I, right. I would suggest I would Dubois. suggest Pierre-Luc Dubois is miles ahead of where Mark Scharfley was as a 22-year-old. Um, you look at where he was drafted. You right. look at this the combo he has of skill and size. And yeah, there's that potential there. So they there. continue to list Mark Scharfley as the number one center. I, to, in my mind, there's no doubt that within a year at the most... Yes. Pierre-Luc Dubois will be the number one center. How will Mark Scheifele... Mark Scheifele got benched the other day. He didn't. He, didn't, he was pissed off. And then he went, he went He went. Right. really crazy. He, he actually said the word the pissed. the number two center on this team? Well, I would suggest he'll be pissed off at that as well. So, do you trade Scheifele? Is this the guy that you eventually trade? Man, you, you could defensive? get a lot for him. You His could. contract is... Yeah. Okay. Well, Friendly contract? So, let, let's hypothetically say you think Cole Perfetti is also a top two. What if Cole Perfetti is a Mark Scheifele, who, right. who he's been compared to? Right. He's 19, but he's having a terrific, right. terrific rookie year in the AHL, a league that he shouldn't even be allowed to play in right now because of his age. But um, So if you're the Jets, what if you think to yourself, yeah, we, we could, we have Dubois and Perfetti as one-two for the next decade. Why not? Yeah. Why not look into that, right? Um, package him up with Blake Wheeler. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, th there's the other. Blake Wheeler at some point is going to be not just a, a, a second line. He's going to be a third liner on this team before long. Yeah, and how's, eight million dollars a year, I, yeah. I just wonder how all of these guys, the Shifleys, the Wheelers. There's going to need to be a there's changing, need of, the guard, changing of the guard. Sure. All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Cetera podcast. Uh, Mike, let's talk a little bit of baseball. I was uh, home last night, got home, and then there was a, sat down to have a little bite to eat. Thought I'd turn on the television and watch a TV show. But then I checked my Sportsnet app, and I saw that Vladdy Guerrero <laughs> had hit a grand slam off of Max Scherzer. So I watched that on the replay. Yep. But then I thought, and then I checked again. It's like, oh, my God, he hit another home run. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I was like, and the, and the Jays were up 7-5. So I thought, I'm going to watch that while I have my bite to eat. So I put it on, and I tune in, and Guerrero's <laughs> up to bat. I was just like, wow, this is cool. And so he hits a third home run. Right. So he'd hit a grand slam to left, left. field. He'd hit a solo shot to center. center. And then he drives a third home run uh, of the game to right field. It goes the other way with it. And it's just like, and like, like, like nothing, like butter. Right. And it's just like, wow. So it was like batting practice for it him. It was. And it's just like, speaking of Hall of Famers, like this Ooh. was like, this was. His dad's a Hall of Famer and is. never did that. Never had a three homer game. This, this, this kid, holy mackerel, uh, Mike. Um, uh, you know a little bit about losing a few pounds. Yeah. 
I wish um, I could hit a ball yeah, like yeah. that with so my way. Guerrero made a huge commitment in the offseason. He got into really, really good shape. He, he felt last year that he'd um, let his teammates down. Mm-hmm. He And he admitted that, that he was not in the proper – uh, not in proper shape for a professional athlete. Lost forty pounds. Did I say yep. that got into shape, and this year he's raking it. This year, and so uh, yeah, look, he's, it was impressive. It was cool to watch. It was he super cool uh, he nearly did something that uh, it's too bad he didn't get one more at bat because I had actually asked the question out loud on Twitter and I got an answer very quickly from some people. I wondered out loud if anybody in Major League history has ever hit for the home run cycle in a like game. A one, two, three, four. A run solo run. shot, a sec, a two run, a three and? run, and nobody has. So he had the grand slam. He got the big one out of the way first. Uh, then it was, was it the two run? No, then the solo shot. Then the solo, then the two run shot. and uh, But he didn't get another at bat. He had one other at bat before the, I think after the grand slam, right, where he got out. But uh I think it was three for four. But I went went on to crave the. My goodness, if he had uh, if he had come up one more time with two guys on and the chance to, uh, although I'm not sure where he would have hit that one too, since he sprayed the entire field as you pointed out. Which to me that that might be the most impressive thing: the ability to just go all over the field. Like that tells you it's not just that he got lucky and connected. Like this guy is absolutely in his zone. No, he's he's the real deal. So what do you think? uh, How do how you liking your Jay? And they. Got, well, How you liking your they're 500. 10 they, and 10, are they? 11 and 11. They okay. have not, their $60 million man, George Springer, has not played a game. By the way, he's set to debut tonight. Why do you tonight. call him a $60 million man? I think that's what they're paying him. $60 million a year? No, no I think that's... $30 million a year. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but I think maybe $20 million a year for three? No, no, no they signed it for six... I have to check. We got to get our facts straight yeah. here, folks. Um, but he is expected to debut tonight. And Teoscar Hernandez, who was their best hitter last year, led was up there in the major league. league. Yeah, he's, a he's great had COVID right. since like game two. Right. So the Jays are 500 without a single at bat from George Springer and like eight at bats from Teoscar Hernandez, both of whom uh, Springer's back tonight. Hernandez should be in the next few days. Um, not to mention Nate Pearson has a pitch. Nate Pearson, there. who could be there next to Ryu, their their ace. So you know, I I, I they're they're fun to watch, and you know, for a lot of reasons, I love uh, I love watching Bo Bichette play. Uh, Kevin Biggio, they got some guys like even that Alejandro Kirk is a fun guy to watch. He's a he's a guy who could probably use a little lose a bit of weight as well. Maybe he'd hit the ball a little better. Maybe he will, yeah. Uh, they got Rowdy Telez. Like they got. A really interesting young yeah, core. Yeah, they've got a lot of really, really good position players, and they've got they've got a really uh, strong bullpen. Uh, their starting pitching is still questionable in my mind, but um, I'm not. I, I don't know what starting pitching does in the major leagues these days. It's so it's changed so much. The Tampa pitching. Bay Rays, who are a team that uses analytics and that, mm-hmm. and they made it all the way to the World Series. They're one of the smallest budget teams, right. so they're doing something right. They don't believe in starting pitching no. at all. They use openers and yeah. they bullpen game. Right. So they uh, what's a bullpen game? This is something completely new where the team actually just uses bullpen guys to pitch an entire game. Right. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like 
Never and, heard of that till the last three or four years. Yeah, and they like they love to do. They I think Tampa Bay even this year only has like two legitimate what you'd call starting pitchers, and then they just have these other guys yeah. that, and and so it's all about math and how many times through the lineup and things like that, maximizing efficiency. By the way, George Springer, I don't know why I I called him a six million, a sixty million. He's a hundred and fifty million dollar man. Yeah. Six years, a hundred and fifty million dollars. Oh, so, so I guess 25. that's twenty five million a year. Right. Uh, and but he has yet to have an at bat. So yeah, they they've been a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know what? Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to watch at least next month. Steve is local baseball because uh, our Taylor Allen had a story about the Winnipeg Gold Eyes that sadly they are uh, not surprisingly they're going to have to start this season on the road again uh, somewhere down in the U.S. So there will not be baseball at Shaw Park at least off the hop here in May. And yeah, that's not happening this year. You don't think it'll happen at all? Their season no, runs through early no, September. Like, I didn't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe. I, I, I don't want to be a doomsayer, folks, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to err on the side of... I, th- I think that the provincial government's going to err on the side of yeah. caution here. What I if all the players, though, are vaccinated, which is apparently going to be matter. the case? Do you think they'd let them no. cross in here? That no. It doesn't matter. No, you can still Yeah, you carry can still track. No, no, no. Right. No, that's got nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's too bad. That's I mean, the thing I'm really, you know, if you're, that's a concern, you know, and you hear it, a lot of these athletes, they want to be able to do whatever they want to right, be able to do. Right, right. Robin because Leonard. vaccinated. Yeah. That's not how it works. No. So, folks, like okay you're protected but like how about we think about other people yeah which is what this is all <laughs> supposed to be about right yeah um anyway tangent yeah so baseball i i don't know um whether we'll be able to watch the manitoba junior baseball league i think yes let's hope so i think so i mean it's what are we going to cover this summer mike <laughs> what are we going to talk about well uh and if the jets if they if the jets get eliminated as quickly as uh, as all the bandwagon jumper offers is that a is that a term sure uh you know the jets are going to be done by the third week of may based on uh so yeah, we're gonna good time. You know, I'm on vacation. Might be no week. CFL, uh, you know, be. or might be. We know the CFL isn't starting until at least August. Right. Um, so yeah, we could be. Uh, uh, I guess we'll have maybe some golf around here. We have I don't some know. plans. We're gonna cover some. We're gonna cover some softball. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it's gonna be all. Awesome. I got a lot of vacation time to use, so I'll be. Me too. Uh, I'll you be and I can go I'll see you in September. We'll leave it for Jason Bell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Cetra podcast. Whoa, what's that? Wow, little you got oh, a little sound it's a, effect it's there. A meeting reminder: I got a monthly manager meeting at oh, twelve thirty. That's a mouthful. Monthly is, manager uh, meeting, seventeen minutes okay. from now. So we'll have to abbreviated overtime. Yeah. Well, it's only supposed <laughs> to be five or six minutes. That's true. <laughs> this will keep us honest. Yeah. So <laughs> that that beep is keeping us honest. Um. So, uh, Mike, I went for my jabba jabba last night. At the convention center. You got um, your microchip. I did, Yeah, sure. Is that what happened? Yeah. So uh, interesting. Uh, it, was, it was an experience, quite a social outing. Um, <laughs> it was the biggest social gathering I've been to right. in it was a quite party. some time. Yeah, I saw some people. I bumped into some people. Anybody you I knew? knew? I, I, you know, I had a wonderful experience. I'm going to write about it in my playbook tomorrow. That one of the ladies that ended up helping me um, through the process was the da- is, is the daughter of of our late photo editor, Yon Thordarson. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had a wonderful chat. Um, my favorite humans yeah, ever, Yon. Like, right? Amazing. Yeah. Oh. So, um, and, and I bumped into somebody from work, and um, the, the whole process was it's a, hopefully a once-in-a-lifetime yeah, yeah. experience, right? Do you know what I mean? Right. So you're in a queue, and you're, 
you know, there's lineups and it's, it's, it's it kind of felt like I was in a movie, right? You know, <laughs> like my the, the the dialogue in my head is so dramatic, right? right? Do you know what I mean? It just like it seems surreal and and so yeah. Then People I got, were upbeat though, right? Like when I got my like there was a yeah. sense of optimism I found anyways when I went to my I got mine down at a pharmacy but yeah uh, I, I didn't I didn't I no it was subdued okay. I, I didn't I didn't get the sense that people were excited um I, I I mean I don't know that I was excited it was kind of matter of fact I think <clears throat> somebody earlier in the day asked me if I was uh you know nervous about it right. I guess a little bit I mean I just I just kind of was like did what I was supposed to be doing yeah. sort of that's how it kind of felt I right. was just I was doing what I was supposed to part. be doing. Sure. Yeah. So you got the Pfizer. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I got the AstraZeneca. Now, I, I I'm in that forty-ish group that we got. We were eligible, so I kind of felt like I was the only human being around Steve who didn't get any side effects. I see all these friends and colleagues talking about how they were down and out and fever and chills and soreness, and I had none of that to the point that I was wondering did. Did I dream did this? Work? Did I even yeah. get a shot? I mean, I didn't even get a Band-Aid because they told me I wasn't a bleeder. Oh, I didn't get a Band-Aid You either. didn't get a Band-Aid either. No. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I admit I felt a little tiny tinge of muscle pain for a few hours, but that was it. Have you had anything yet? No, I've had nothing. Although, if, if I poke right on my um, a deltoid right here where... Um, it's it funny that the lady said, you're going to need to unflex your arm. And I go, that is unflexed. <laughs> it was. Humble brag. Uh, well, it was. I didn't. I you weren't was, wearing like a tank top, were you? No, no. Okay. I had a t-shirt on, a Lululemon t-shirt. It was supposed to be wearing a short sleeve shirt. She goes, yeah, you need to unflex your arm. I go, that is unflexed. <laughs> Gave her a wink. Yeah, exactly. It was fun. I, I had a good time. Like, you're so, like, how you like these guns? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So... <laughs> I've got some good delts. What yeah. can I say? Um, so if I poke it right where it is here, um, yeah. But so you're, that, you're right-handed, correct? And am, so you yeah. got it in your left, which I did the same. They suggest you get it in your off hand. Is that what they did? I had a choice. But it's funny. Earlier in the day, earlier yesterday, I, I, had, a, a, I, was, I had a massage appointment. And right. I've been having some trouble, a little trouble with my right arm due to a biking accident. And so I had some three needles in my right arm earlier yesterday morning. Well, this for, is like acupuncture? Yeah, a little acupuncture okay, or whatever, yeah. right? And then some cupping. <laughs> um, so I had, uh, yeah, I had a lot of, I said that to the lady. I go, yeah, I'm having needles on both arms. Poked today. a she lot goes, today. Oh, did you, you already had a treatment? <laughs> I guess they're really, they're really careful about making sure you haven't right. already been treated because apparently people are actually are you trying kidding to jump me? the queue to it's get It's like, I'll just go get one. my second shot. Exactly. <laughs> Or you wonder, are there some people out there who would be like, you know what, two shots, I'm going to get three shots. Exactly. <laughs> That'll protect me even Three's more. better than one, yeah. My goodness. Um, so, so no, 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 no real, no, nothing. What I've no read about the Pfizer, and my wife can attest to this, she got, she's had both shots. She got her first in January or second in earlier this month. Uh, she didn't really have anything after the first Pfizer. She had a lot of symptoms after the yeah, second. And that, that seems too, yeah. to be, whereas with AstraZeneca, supposedly, people feel it more on the first and not so much on the second, in which case, I mean, I guess I'll feel nothing because I didn't feel anything after the first. Right. But, uh, uh, well, yeah, that's that's a good uh, a, a good move. And the more, I think we're now up to almost 35% of Manitobans have got at least one Jabba Jabba. So yeah. uh, the quicker we get that up to, what, 60, 70%, uh, maybe the quicker life can start to look a little more normal. All right. Well, that's it for us uh, today, folks. Um, 
Hopefully your Jets will win tonight and you can all jump back on that bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, when we're back here next week, so the Jets will have played tonight. They're going to their last road trip of the year Wednesday or Friday in Montreal, then they play next Monday in Ottawa and that's ne- it on the road. and next Wednesday in Calgary. So when okay. we're back that's their final road. So when we're here a week from now, the Jets will be getting ready for their final road Do you think game. They'll win a game before that? Well, they got I was going to say they got Ottawa team, but except Ottawa has been really tough. So my goodness, can you imagine if the Jets lose to Edmonton, Montreal and Ottawa and we're back here next Wednesday and they're on a seven game losing streak? Woo! We're going to have to bring like a sports psychologist onto the show to talk people down, Steve. Give us something to chat about, Mike. It will. All right. Have a great week, folks.